1: back to the Partido Partido podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Quite uh, an eventful period it has been for Atletico Madrid. Um, There has been uh, four matches. Uh, Atleti have been struggling uh, in in that period. Uh, There has been, of course, the last uh, days of the transfer market, which saw a lot of links, but nothing really came out of that. Uh, plenty of players linked with a move away. Uh, nobody left. Uh, nobody really linked with a move to Atletico Madrid. <laughs> uh, and of course, they haven't signed anybody new, despite the pressing need for a, a centre-back. And as we discussed in the, in the last episode, uh, you know, it would have been really great to have another centre-back. Uh, because of the injury issues that both Savage and Jimenez have, Uh, unfortunately they haven't addressed it and what do you know, both Savage and Jimenez are injured now. Uh, So all of that, uh, we're gonna uh, discuss that uh, today and of course uh, all of the games that uh, Atleti played in that period and uh, plenty more uh, to come in today's episode. And here uh, to discuss it all with me is Emmanuel, how are you doing Emmanuel?
0: Well, um, it's been busy. It's been I've been busy these few days, but well, it's always great to speak with you on the podcast.
1: Okay, great to speak with you as well. So, um, let's start from the last game. Atleti played Porto on Wednesday in the Champions League, the first uh, match uh, in, in the Champions League this season, and it was it wasn't the greatest match in in the history of the club, to say the least. In fact, it was pretty horrible for most of the game, but hey, Atleti came out on top. Uh, and we just talked about uh, the, uh, the centre-back situation. Mario Hermoso is continuing to prove that he's a much better striker than he is a centre-back. Uh, scored a, another late goal, that's his third, uh, after the 90th minute. Uh, between last season and this season, and then gave away a very, very silly penalty uh, for Porto to tie it up in the 95th minute. But Antoine Griezmann, the the prince is back. Uh, he's really showing uh, signs that he is uh, returning to his old self. Uh, Sadly, he's only allowed to play 30 minutes and, of course, we're going to discuss it uh, in today's episode as well. Uh, Emmanuel, please give us your thoughts about the Porto game.
0: Well, uh, firstly, I would say Aleti has played five games this season. That's four in the league and one in the Champions League. And the Porto game and the Getafe game really gave an insight into... How Simeon wants us to play because the game against Valencia, the game against Villarreal, the game against Real Sociedad. I think we it were, we, we did not see we saw an elite that did not have a clear game plan and that was quite worrying. But in the game against Porto and Getafe, I think we saw an elite that had a game plan and though the execution in both games were different, but that was kind of encouraging because. In the first half against Porto, a little kind of a little were pressing high. And should they press get should they press get bypass, you have them dropping deep. So we knew what we wanted to do and we were executing it. Because in the first minute of that game, we forced a lot of turnovers from Porto, but the issue came when we had the ball. We want the ball in the final third, and we don't know what to do with the ball. That was quite worrying for us and when we had the ball the 3-2-5 shape in which we saw against Getafe was repeated against Porto but I found difficulties in picking out the midfielders which were Kokey and Sao and that was quite troublesome because little most of the passes had to be long balls and and you know the probability of completing a long ball is more is smaller than that of playing a shorter pass so That was quite worrying because it's like Porto's 4-4-2 kind of isolated uh, midfielders, and you had Felix dropping so deep to receive the ball, and it was quite worrying. Also, the Porto game showed our let me say my fear in recent seasons, given that there needs to be an evolution and Ality, and Ality has to be better at using the ball. And what we have seen this season, apart from the Getafe game, to be honest, I'm I'm afraid that we may have like another roller coaster season and it's not just down to say the squad is unbalanced but i think cholo has his fault here because he needs we have more technically gifted players than we had in 2014 16 but for some reason he can't seem to mold them to play good position football i'm not saying that should be a position based side, but when i have the ball, they have to make good use of it i can remember the 2014 season in which um we won la liga and though we do not have the ball for large parts of the game but when we won the ball back we knew how to use it but it's not been the case now and i know there's a change of profiles but that's quite worrying and back to the Porto game to be honest porto are a well-organized team and you saw both sides i think you saw a team wow i would say well coached and they know what to do how to execute their game plan and as a quality you saw a team that had a game plan but the execution was and in recent games, I think Aleti's press has improved and I'm hoping we stick to that approach because we are forcing a lot of turnovers and we have the players, when we win the ball we can make things happen in the opposition final third against Porto, that wasn't the case I, I, I counted, there were like four occasions in the first half which Aleti won the ball back and it was quite disappointing with what Aleti were able to do with the ball because you have maybe rushing passes or passes not being completed or players staying on the ball for too long. I think there was an instance in which Porto had a counter-attack and that was down to the fact that Aliti had high press and the ball was placed straight to Carrasco. But for some reason, he could not keep him under control and that had Porto counter-attacking. So, like we said, the game was really a mess. But I think we saw a tactical blueprint. But the issue now is Aliti has to improve with the ball.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Atleti have been very poor on the ball. are uh, I mean, they, they haven't really been able uh, to do much uh, with it, and uh, it's like there is a lack of ideas in the middle. Uh, but I think the main uh, the main reason behind that is uh, the slow start for I think most most of the players, mainly the two uh, wing backs, uh, Carrasco and Molina, and the entire midfield has been. Uh, I, I don't think any of the midfielders have started the season well. Uh, De Paul uh, ha- hasn't. I mean, he hasn't been hasn't been playing very well. Uh, Koke had had a slow start as well. Uh, Lamar played well against Getafe, and then uh, Lamar, uh, in in a typical Lamar fashion, kept getting injured. Uh, there's Yarente who, uh, like last season, hasn't been uh, able to replicate his form from the title winning season. Uh, and weirdly, uh, are, I think the the two uh, players that I've enjoyed the most uh, playing in the middle so far this season have been Griezmann, who, uh, again, uh, can only play 30 minutes, and Saul. Uh, he played, I think, a very great game against... Uh, Against Porto, uh, of course, uh, this is the the first time we see Saul playing in the middle. Uh, it has been quite a while since we since we saw that, uh, and of course we all expected him to uh, to play as a left wing back a lot more this season than uh, than as a midfielder, uh, considering there there are a lot of players in that position. Uh, but I think if uh, his if he can continue this form and if none of the players improve fast enough, I think we can see a lot of uh, Saúl playing as a midfielder uh, again. Uh, hopefully he can keep this form up because I really enjoyed that performance from him. Um, there's uh, Condogbia as well who played against Valencia. That was the only game he played this season, uh, but he... I think it was a poor performance from him in that game uh, and it seems that Simeoni uh, isn't uh, fully convinced yet uh, by him to to play him uh, I mean he was great last season but uh, it looks like he's not uh, he's not uh, up to speed yet uh, uh, to play as a starter uh, I mean, it would have been great to see Witzel, uh playing uh, in, in the middle. I think he would have been a very useful player right now. Unfortunately, with the centre-back situation, he has to cover for that. And uh, until Savage and uh, Jimenez are fit, we uh, we won't be uh, seeing Witzel uh, in the middle anytime soon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, the Porto game, uh, I mean, it... it uh, if there's anything to take away from uh from that it's that atlético really really need uh their wing backs to to uh uh to get up to speed uh and Carrasco, i think that's the the worst start we've seen uh from uh, Carrasco for uh, to a season uh molina molina's start to at atletico uh has been very tough uh, he was had a very horrible performance against Villarreal, uh, gave away a silly goal, and uh, then uh, got a red card, uh, got suspended, couldn't play against uh, Sociedad, and couldn't play against uh, Valencia. Uh, so yeah, hopefully uh, they, they improve soon, because uh, uh, Atleti are very dependent on their wing backs in this system, and if Carrasco doesn't uh, doesn't improve soon I, I don't think it'd been i don't think it'd be shocking to see uh, region take his position uh, as for Molina there's i, I don't uh, we we don't really have a backup for him so again i, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Llorente and uh, region or so starting in their position uh, so uh, yeah i think uh, that's all for the porto game uh, let's start uh, talking about the other matches uh, that Atleti played. Uh, there's the Villarreal game, uh, of course, and the tunnel uh the first loss of the season. There's the game against Real Sociedad. Uh, of course, uh, I think Atleti played well in that game, deserved to win, but uh, of course, uh, I, I don't want to blame the referee because... Uh, uh, I mean, it, it was a pretty even game, but I think it was one of the worst displays we've seen uh, in a La Liga game ever. Uh, very horrible performance from the referee. Uh, and of course, uh, Real Sociedad's uh, equalizer was from a amar uh, Sadek uh, handball uh, that VAR didn't pick up. And there was the win against Valencia, a 1-0 win away from home from an Antoine Griezmann a goal, uh, a deflected goal, but a goal nonetheless. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, give us your main takeaways from those three matches.
0: Well, the first thing we have to take note is the fact that those three games, I think we saw the best and the worst of Ality. or the the main team of those three games were Aleti were a kind of a reactive team, and which is... Quite bad for them because it has not gone so well. A little bit more of the team being proactive will help the team. So, starting with the game against Villarreal, I think it was very frustrating because Villarreal kind of provoked the fans, and not just the fans, I mean the players away. When I say provoke the fans, not in a bad way, but you have Paul Torres standing on the ball and wasting time, and you have the fans jeering, and that will result in Felix going for a press alone and kind of disrupts the system. and the press was really bad that day and really that kind of tore us apart on so many occasions to be honest if the addition making in the final third was a little bit better we could have considered in that first half but that goal came in the second half from an error of molina while he's still adapting to his new surroundings. i was i recorded an episode with regular episode over the summer on how good he was in preseason and how i was amazed with some of his his traits but i think so far we have seen mostly his weaknesses, and that is not quite good. You just mentioned the fact that a system depends on the win backs, but that is very true. So we talked about um, I'm sorry, going back to the era of the four four two. The full backs were also very useful. That implies that in Chulo system, if the full backs are quite average or their performances are not up to standards, it it kind of affected, it kind of affects the team a lot, and that was the case against Porto and. Also, the, game, the case against Valencia, I think. So, it's quite sad seeing that the performances of some individuals kind of affect the team's overall performances because the game against Porto, I think there were three occasions you have Felix kind of telling Carrasco to stretch the pitch, and when the ball comes, I don't understand what was happening to him. His first touch lets him down, or oh, he can't get the ball, and the 1v1 we have created for him goes to his, which was quite sad. I think the all these, in the three games, they, like we said, the best performance was against Real Sociedad in the first half where Alete did quite well. The press was good. When the press is bypassed, we have to stall them and get back into shape. Though, I think poor had a really bad game against Real Sociedad, and I think that game showed why Le Mans starts over him, because it, he's kind of weak defensively, and he's not really that aware, and that kind of sucked Lorente to press up, and you had Momocho having so many 1v1s versus Jimenez, and that was really bad because Jimenez really is struggling to play as a wide center back. and Savic, with, and you know, at that position, we need a guy who is athletic, a guy who is fast, and a guy who is good in one v ones But I think in recent season, I think it's safe to say Josema has been on a decline because he's kind of been erratic in his performances in decision making. And so, if that is down to injuries, we don't know. Talking about the Valencia game, I think that game, we started the game quite well, but it's like we disappeared. And Conumbia, his signing has really been a funny case because he has been inconsistent and I think part is down to him and the other part is down to the tactics because in the game against Valencia, you have him adventuring forward and that implies we have a lot of space in in between the back line and the midfield, which was quite bad for the team in general because that space you have guys like Musa, Solé, and them receiving in that space kind of caused a lot of trouble for Aleti and I think the disallow goal came a similar position which was catastrophic for the team but luckily Va intervened and kind of helped the team so as for Colombia, you have a profile in which he is not the best going forward but he is very good off the ball and he's not also the best in position. so him trying to be adventurous is, is not good for the team and that's down to the tactics because he's like you have the ball and there are no passing option he has no choice but to maybe carry the ball forward and if he loses the ball that's quite bad for the team so an 80 this season i've been i can i don't really know how to put it but it's not really been the best performance from the team overall we need consistency and we, I just mentioned we need to use the ball well and in those games I think the game against we have to say that was a game where we saw the team really have did, some, did something very good I think in the first half with the ball but in the other games not so much I think the Cholo era one of the main team in the Cholo era is that his teams always have that ability to win the ball back and punish the opposition but so far we have not seen that and I think we kind of rely on that much and that that's what kind of hinders the team from being so good on the ball. We always want to win the ball back, but we don't want to have the ball. And given the profiles, we have Lima, we have Rodrigo, De Paul. It's quite sad. And the blame is not on Cholo. For example, you just talked about Witte. Witte will be very good playing higher up the pitch, but we have to play him as a centre-back because the ball thinks we don't need a centre-back and we have Felipe who is injured and we have three, four injured-point centre-backs and the ball is not bringing in another centre-back it's quite amazing and you have Lodi living in a position where we have Carrasco and also saul completed but instead of bringing a center back first we are going for another wing back which is not necessarily the case so i the things are just a mess at the moment i think we saw against villi that the fans were not happy because other late results are good, are important but they are not the most important for the fans the performance against villera was what prompted the fans to react in that type of way i'm not supporting that because that's really bad but it shows that the fans are kind of fed up with the performances because at ality they want to see a team that gives their all on the pitch but at giving their all at the moment is not enough because we need a structure we have so many different type of profiles and thankfully i'm not in Jolo shoes but he has to be able to fit those profiles and bring the best out of them so to be his job is more difficult because of the club's recruitment bringing so many different type of profiles which kind of makes his job so tough in fitting all the puzzles in fixing the puzzle which is quite tough on him so hopefully against Celta we see something different but i don't i have my doubts because i'm always looking forward to a little game but i already imagine how we are going to perform against Celta, and maybe we should house our way through another win which will be acceptable but that is not acceptable that is not something that can be sustainable in the long run
1: yeah i mean a a shit house one uh, and when there's nothing better in football than that uh always crossing my my fingers uh, t- to see that uh yeah and uh, uh, i think uh, uh, you you mentioned the the fans reacting in in a certain way i think uh, it's it's been very disappointing uh seeing the uh, uh, the way the fans have been behaving recently, it's like uh, uh, there 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 has been, uh, th- there have been a lot of tweets about it, uh, and one in particular uh, really uh, took my attention. It's saying that uh, the Metropolitano has always been a an annoying stadium for the uh, for the opponents. Right now, it's an annoying stadium for the fa- for the for its own team. Uh, Atletico really uh, seem to be uh, more nervous playing in front in front of uh, their own fans than playing away, uh, and that's unheard of uh, for for Atletico. Uh, usually, it's always uh, the other way around. They're they uh, uh, have always been very supportive and very. Uh, uh, always had the team's back, but uh, it seems like this season, uh, and of course last season. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not a it's not a surprise that uh, recently uh, Atleti's best form came behind closed doors uh, when the fans were absent. That, that was uh, when Atleti were performing at their best, and uh, it's pretty sad, really, uh, what uh, the situation is like uh, at the moment. Uh, so yeah uh, with that out of the way um, let's uh, talk more about the uh, uh, the problems in the midfield uh, and what in your opinion is the uh, best uh, what are the uh, uh, ideal players to start uh, in the middle right now
0: well if Cholo Cholo wants to continue with 532 or the 352, which we have three midfielders. I think he has to decide on the profiles. In my opinion, for those three midfielders, we have we need three things. In my opinion, we need a progressor, we need a ball winner, and we need someone who is comfortable under pressure. So far, we have Koke, we have Lima. And we have Depot, those three guys are good under pressure and are also progressive. We have Columbia, who is a very good ball winner, but not so good under pressure and not so progressive. So it's kind of it's kind of tough fitting in the right guys because signing with Tell and though I was not a fan of the signing at first, but now I'm a huge fan of the signing. You have him at the anchor of the defense and He's a good a decent ball winner. And you have Lima or Rodrigo DePo or Koke or even Sao as one of the interiors or Lorente. But that's not an option given that it is shortage of center backs. And will not be surprising Colombia start an in center back against Celta this weekend. So if the, if Cholo continues with that, my preferred choice would have been putting retail. In that midfield, but that is not an option at the moment. So I think I will go with the midfield I saw against Getafe. That is Cookie at the base, and we have Lima and Lorente. With the aim that when we have the ball, we have now like a double pivot of Lima and Cookie. And Lima's defensive work rate has kind of improved over the years, and is very good at that. His only issue is his fitness. Normally, I will go with griezmann but like you said he can't play three minutes given the situation contract situation with barcelona and the rest and i don't have money at the moment so my preferred choice is Lema, Koke, and lorente but that would be what i may go with against celta vigo but that depends on molina's performances in my opinion if he is not so good or if we keep on seeing his bad performances i can kind of think we kind of like rest him and then we ease him gradually into the team i'm saying so because there is a lot of talk about how to bring the best out of Marcus Lorenti. how do we have that marcus laurenti that we saw during the third winning season in my opinion i think Amy, that's Molito simon twitter we have discussed this a lot he kind of agreed because you have a guy who needs a specific context to thrive he very good at attacking space and players who are very good at attacking space they need to have a decent passer behind them and so far this season we have seen his best games or flashes of his of what he can do come if you have the getafe game where he played as an interior but you also have the valencia i think the sorry the, the valencia game you have the real sociedad game especially so that speaks that says things in which in my opinion i'm not really i've been thinking about it for a while i'm not really the fan of Lorente must play as an interior for us to see his best form. I think he can play and right-back, and we see that form. And I, on previous podcasts, I mentioned him playing as a right-back in the Spanish national team, but when they have a settled possession in the opposition half, you have him drifting as an interior, and you have a midfielder dropping deep. For a little, tried that last season, I think, and you had Koke was a midfielder who would drop out. And I think it has happened on several occasions this season but that was to ease progression because Laurenti is not really the best when he's being pressed with the ball, though he's decent at it. So, I can have Laurenti at the right back. And in that right interior place, I have either Depor or Griezmann. But Depor is not starting. So, sorry, Griezmann is not, being able, is not able to play so many games. So, my midfield throw in the long run, given Molina's form doesn't improve, will be Koke, Leymar and Depor. My only worry is the pawn needs to improve defensively, but we have Lorente's speed to tracking back and stopping transition. So, so far, if Molina can improve or Molina, we see the those diversion of Molina we saw in pre-season. Then I have Lorente, Koke, and Lima. If Molina, <laughs> if Molina doesn't improve, then I go with de Paul Cookie and Lema. The issue I'm going with these guys and not Colombia is not involved in it is because Alicia are struggling in deep progression despite the fact that we have Witte, which has improved that. But against Porto, Porto are playing a 442 and we are playing, we are building up from the back with a 32 structure. Obviously, we have the advantage, but magically, I would not say magically, but. It really surprised me how we we're not able to find our midfielders to play those runners in behind. So, de Paul may be on the bench given he's not good defensively. So, my Mifid throw from now on, given Molina's suspension is over on his back, is okay at the base. We have Lema and we have Laurenti. So, uh, given our shape turns to a 3 2 shape, and we have Lema dropping deep to collect the ball because I think the best version of Lema. I've ever seen an Aneti Shed is when he plays that free CM role and is able to drop deep, collect the ball and also affect, have an impact higher up the pitch.
1: Oh, you, didn't ha- you didn't hold back with that answer, did you? Um, so yeah, uh, you've been pretty bleak so far, <laughs> talking about Atleti this season. Let's uh, t- talk about the positives so far this season, starting with Witzel uh really really the biggest uh, uh positive so far this season uh start to life usually is tough just look at molina uh it's not easy to fit uh, to fit early on uh under chalo simiani but uh, it's like uh he's he's slotted in like uh like a hand in glove uh it's like he was tailor-made to to play under Simeone, and it feels it feels like a shame that uh, it took so long that we we didn't really sign him until uh so late in his career uh i really can't wait to see him playing in midfield uh but so far as a center back he has been very solid Uh, he's been uh uh, contributing uh, a lot with the with the passes by far the best uh ball-playing centre-back Atleti have had uh, in so long. I mean, there there was, uh, of course, Hermoso. He uh, played really well uh, in the uh, first half of the 2021 season, but we haven't seen that kind of uh, form from him ever since. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Witzel, uh, really solid addition. He was a free transfer, and... Uh, uh, with him and Rinaldo, you really, uh, you really wish uh, Atleti would uh, sign more, make more signings like this. Uh, you know, n- without spending a lot, just improving the uh, the squad. And uh, you know, it, there, there really, there really isn't uh, an excuse not to tr- strengthen the squad in uh, similar transfers, uh, especially with the very, very pressing need for a centre back. But hey. Uh, that's Kheil, and uh, we're, we're used to him uh, this way. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, we can't uh, talk about the, uh, the uh, defense situation without mentioning Savage. Uh, you talked about Khozema uh, in the last few games. Uh, he really has been struggling playing uh, in uh, the Savage role uh covering the uh, the wide areas uh with uh of course uh, molina urente uh neither of them have been uh neither of them are very solid defensively usually savage uh, and of course uh, he used to cover for trip here as well uh and he's such a crucial part of the Simeone team uh I I don't think we I don't think enough people uh give him enough credit uh, for just how important he is in this system. Uh, what are your thoughts about this?
0: Well, that's very true because like I mentioned before, Savage has been playing as the white center the white center back on the right in the previous seasons and he's been very good. Being the one who where knowing when to be proactive, when to drop back a bit, cover for the driving back and he's been fantastic at that and i think he's one of those players in the cholo era in which he's kind of gone on notice i would not say his performances have gone on notice and i think many athletic fans are kind of hanging on on the service we had in 2015-16 where he wasn't the best and but that guy is now one of the best center backs in la liga in my opinion and during the title winning season in my opinion he was the best center back in the league so he kind of showed you. Is how good he is and we are feeling his absence now because you have Jose Maria struggling at the right centre-back position which is kind of sad given that he's someone we know he's not the fastest but he's an athletic centre-back and he's also aggressive but he's been struggling a lot and I think he's, I mentioned his decline before and I think that's down to the amount of injuries and in my opinion, Anleti kind of missed out not cashing in on him a few seasons ago i'm saying so because you can't have a guy who is your starting center back and he's not being able to he has not been able to play i think up to 30 league games in a single season. so that's kind of sad so going back to Savish, i think him on the right him as the right center back kind of solves a lot of problem because i think you have molina He's not struggling a lot as he would have struggled and he's very good in one v one duels, which kind of gives you the assurance of a win back to maybe bump up the pitch, you know, you have a solid wall behind you, kind of what Renudo does on the left with Carrasco. I think last season, a few games, so him not being available is kind of a huge blow because that implies a little maybe have to go to Hermoso or Felipe. And we know those two guys are not the best defending. You saw Hermoso against Porto scoring a goal and a few seconds, consistent penalty, so it kind of shows you. The type of player he is a player who is in my opinion good on the ball and off the ball he's just i don't want to say trash but something similar closer to that and talking about Witzel, he's just been amazing and in my opinion Witzel has been very good for two reasons the first is he has the intelligence he has his game reading abilities tactically understand everything and that kind of soft things for him because he kind of reads the danger and react before the attacker is able to Maybe do what he wants to do, and he's able to eliminate the danger. He was the main reason I think a little kind of he was the main reason a little reduced the impact Momocho had in the game against in the game at the Real Arena because he kind of noticed Jimenez struggling. And on some occasions, before the pass is about to come to Momocho, you have him already sprinting there to cover for Jimenez. So he's been fantastic. And the second reason is the fact that the system kind of suits him because the system. Protects him, and we don't have him in a lot of 1v1 situation and which in which you'll be exposed. So, you kind of have him playing in the position that is good, and even if then that is somehow similar to him playing as a defensive midfielder because he's kind of orchestrating a little play or build up play, and that's been fantastic. Very well. Um, so yeah, I think that uh
1: covers it, uh, for the uh, for the current rundown, uh, there, there are a few more things to discuss. Uh, first off, uh, Atleti, uh sorry, Simeone uh, is testing this lineup for the Celta game. Uh, defense, we have. Felipe, Witzel, and Hermoso, may Lord have mercy. Um, there's Molina and Saul uh, on the wings. In the middle, there's De Paul, Condogbia, and Lamar, and Morata with uh, Correa up front. Uh, it feels weird that he's dropped Felix, uh, who's been playing really well recently. Uh, of course he hasn't been, uh, able, uh, to, uh, to prove it with the, with the, uh, goals, but with the end product. But, uh, I think his performances have, uh, uh, really, uh, improved, uh, compared to last season's and, uh, uh. Yeah, uh, it it remains to be seen if uh, he'll start uh, Correa uh, ahead of him uh, in the match, or if he's just uh, training this way to rest him after the uh, the Porto game. Uh, so, what 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 are your thoughts about this lineup?
0: Well, Felix is a player that he needs the ball to drive, and Cholo is kind of experimenting. I think I saw a tweet that the things are not going on well behind the scenes, which is kind of sad. I think Cholo is this is but I think the last three seasons has kind of put a lot of difficulties on Cholo that's on and off the pitch. I'm talking in the club's re- recruitment, him trying to reinvent himself, play, be reinvent himself and the team and make his team be a more position-based approach. So, it's kind of tough for him because you have maybe Griezmann, our best in zero at the moment, along with Lemar, Le but he's not able to play 90 minutes. So, to be honest, it's kind of tough because, like you said, Felix has shown the hunger and he looks like the player who wants to make things happen this season. But the issue is he's seen less of the ball and a player of Felix Statue, if he doesn't have the ball or a player of Felix's profile, he needs the ball to thrive. So if he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't he doesn't have a, a much impact on the game. That's why I think the game against Getafe, that was, which has been his best game this season, is he kind of saw the ball. He, he kind of received the ball a lot and you have him linking up on the left with Lema with Sao and that was nice in that version of or felix to be honest there have been a lot of debate over the years if felix and it is made a mistake of coming to Aliti. i'm just going to say now i think felix and his talent would have i think we would have just been Better off, or not necessarily so better off, but he would have done so well in a more position based system. For example, this very Felix we are seeing at the moment struggling under Cholo. If he plays for Barcelona or maybe Real Madrid, we see a different version of Felix. So that adores me trying to say he needs the ball to thrive. And Cholo kind of going for a more win the ball back and hurt the opponent kind of don't suit the players we have at the moment.
1: <clears throat> right now. Uh, So yeah, the the last thing uh, to discuss uh, today is the the Griezmann situation. Uh, First off, before we talk about this whole uh, uh, contract situation, uh, I just want to talk about Griezmann's form uh, so far this season. Uh, Of course, we're only seeing him for less than 30 minutes each game, but uh, so far it feels like the old Griezmann, uh, the Griezmann that left, uh, that uh, joined Barcelona rather than the one that returned. Uh, A a great eye for goal, great passes, great link-up play, uh, really, really uh, growing more, uh, growing back into the uh, Simeone team. And uh, it's like, Uh, Atleti have this prince again But he's chained and can't play for more than 30 minutes It's a shame Uh, And uh, it's very limiting for Cello I mean it's very obvious that he wants to play him But uh, of course uh, he's being forced not to uh, by the board And it's pretty ridiculous that uh, the board didn't uh, solve this issue in the summer uh of course uh, we're we're, uh, gonna talk about this right now uh when the uh, deal was agreed it was that uh uh, griezmann uh if if he plays more than 50 percent of the games he's available uh over the two season loan from barcelona then uh the uh the, the buy option becomes uh, obligatory and uh, Atleti have to pay the 40 million uh, euros uh, to Barcelona uh, and sign him permanently uh, Atleti are uh, hoping that they can negotiate the price down uh, so they uh, they want Simeone to play less than to play him in less than uh, 50% of the games Uh, And, uh, of course, if uh, Griezmann plays less than 30 minutes, then it doesn't count. Uh, It's like he he didn't play at all. Uh, So that's the reason why uh, Griezmann is only being subbed on in the 61st minute or the 62nd minute in every game. Uh, And uh, we're really uh, seeing the Griezmann transformation into a super sub. But it's ridiculous to have one of the... uh, I mean, I think so far uh, he's one of the two best uh, performers uh, in the team uh, this season, and he's one of the highest earners uh, in the the squad in terms of salaries. So to have that player uh, on the bench for 60 minutes each game is pretty ridiculous from the board uh and uh, i mean hopefully they resolve this before uh too long uh barcelona are taking this to court but uh, I, I don't think anybody anything's gonna come out of that and uh, you know they're just trying to blow this over in the media uh because based on what based on the info that we got when the transfer happened it's uh, there is nothing to indicate that Atleti are doing anything illegal uh and uh, yeah, I mean we we'll see how this develops, but I really hope that they resolve this uh, situation quickly. Uh, and uh, if, I mean, I really want to see Griezmann in this kind of form starting because he'd be such a different, such a difference maker. I mean, we're seeing him make the difference in games that he's only playing uh, three minutes in. So uh, yeah, I think he'll improve the the team massively to see him starting again. Uh, so, yeah, uh, what, what are your thoughts about uh, Griezmann so far this season?
0: Like you said, it's a shame seeing arguably the best player for later season, maybe alongside Wittell, not being able to play more than 60 minutes. And that's down to the poor management of the board. Because you have Barcelona in a tight situation, they are under pressure, and... F- Magically, Gil and Cerezo are are, are are able to bring Griezmann to a uh, Sorry, sorry at a deal that disfavor the club. So me and Amy, we sat here on the pod and we talk about how bad the board has been, and that's just another deal. Because Barcelona, they need to offload Griezmann from their books. You have the upper hand in that, and somehow you come out the worst in the deal, and now and it, the team has to bear the consequences of seeing one of their best players and like you said, the highest earners. Start games from the bench and play just twenty nine minutes, max So that's kind of bad, and we, and that's one of my highest fears about Atlético in the future with the poor mismanagement and how it has affected the team in the last four years. And I can't see that changing in the nearest future. We talk about this like Vitel and Renido and how they have impacted the team. That is great, but long gone is that Atlético that we saw them being good in their recruitment. Being very wise in how they spend, but it's as if the money they receive for Grisman and Lucas Hernandez kind of had the same impact Barcelona had when they received the money for Neymar. So, to be honest, the Griezmann thing is really, really bad for the player, for the and also for the club because if there's one player that represents Cholo on the pitch that is Antoine Griezmann, he's able to translate his ideas on the pitch, and that's been evident this season. And if I think we said that if there's one player that if there's one coach that is able to bring the best out of Grisman, is Cholo. And Griezmann is like, Griezmann was born for Cholo Simo. So it's kind of tough on Cholo not being able to select his team or maybe put on the best of his his best plan 30 minutes into the game. And I know I've been critical of the team being reactive. I think that also plays with the team being reactive because things are not going and he can't change things before the 60-minute mark. It's like the team have to hang on there and wait for their saviour to come on on the in the sixty-first minute or sixty-fifth minute, and save them. So that's very really bad. And there are rumours about Gil maybe leaving. I don't know how much things will change, but to be honest, their management at the has been catastrophic. And I have fears of us going back, which is what many fans fear. But the environment at the club speaks is alarming, and it is like echoing how the club was before Cholo arrived. And my fear is we are heading in that direction. We're in 2020, and what has succeeded in football is you have clubs who are building their model on scouting, and you have clubs who are building a model on academies, and you have that of Aliti's. Like, we have no direction, we have no long term project. And the Griezmann deal just says that. So, that's really, 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 really bad because i literally have a very, very good academy. athletic and scout better, but so far, it's not going.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, fortunately, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is there is news that Hellmarin uh, is planning to sell the club in the following two years. Uh, we'll see uh, what comes of that in the future. There's really nothing, uh, you know, more. Uh, there there's no uh, more news about this. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it feels like we can cling cling to that uh, very small rope of hope. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. Hopefully, then the, new, the uh, new owners are better than he is. Uh, I mean, the 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 standards are very very low. So uh, hopefully, he uh, uh, the dash he's done is not uh, uh, irreversible. Uh, so yeah, uh, that covers it all for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much, Emmanuel, for joining me.
0: Reactor, it's always a pleasure speaking to you on the pod. Sorry, today I was a little bit negative, and <laughs> that the thing that kind of affected <laughs> like my performance. But I, I, I felt like I had to let it out because, to be honest, a little, I miss no long term project and whatever. But it's always great. Hopefully, the fans love this episode, and it's very super helpful speaking to you. Hopefully, you can be more consistent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And of course, thank you guys uh, for sticking with us and uh, tolerating Emmanuel's negati- uh, negativity. Hopefully, he'll be very positive after the Celtic game. Uh, so yeah, I remember, look okay, at and see you in the next episode.